How's it going, everybody? I'm Alex Anderson. You're tuned in to the Three Fever Point After podcast, your source for all things high school football here in Louisiana. Uh, it's the final week of the regular season. Hard to believe week 11 of our show. Of course, my co-host, Red River head coach Jeff Harper with me as always. Coach Harper, uh, you guys gearing up for that final game of the regular season, gearing up for senior night. How are things down in Cachada? ready for a, a big rivalry game with Mansfield and we look forward to uh to the challenge we know that if we win we got a chance to host a playoff game at home so um a lot of things sitting in front of our guys that uh gives them something to look forward to every day when they come to practice yeah and that's critical you, you know when you go through all the playoff scenarios to get that home playoff game how much does that do do for a community and for a team to to have a postseason game there in your own uh, backyard um, it's huge. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I scheduled the way that we did this year. Um, you know, we couldn't really find, um, you know, a couple of games that we were looking for in the, you know, early part of the season. And so we got uh, we got a couple of really good 5A teams and, and a, bit, a big 4A team and then Loyola Logansport and rounded out your schedule with that, that type of, uh, you know, talent only is to, you know, help you upset, you know, help you set up where you want to be in the playoffs. And so, um, you know, our goal was to, uh, you know, be able to compete and then use those games and that experience to, uh, to prepare us for a, a playoff run. And so, uh, you know, a home playoff game, um, you know, goes a long way to setting yourself up for uh, hopefully a, a, a deep run if you, if you can uh, be lucky enough to win those early games. And so um, we would rather play at home in the first round than be on the road. Well, I tell you what, I know a team that is going to for sure have a home playoff game uh, coming up next week in 5A, the Airline Vikings, the 1-5A district champions uh, in some respect, depending on what happens this week. Um, we have another, our second Airline Viking to join the podcast here this year, our first sophomore as well. It's Airline QB Ben Taylor, fresh off of the Vikings' big win over Parkway last Thursday. They clinched that district championship with that win. Um, ben, thanks for being here. And um, how are things over there on Viking Drive? Yes, sir. Thank you. They're uh, they're good. We're uh, just out there practicing, getting ready for Southwood, preparing for the playoffs. Yeah, preparing for the playoffs. You know, a far cry from a one in nine season that you guys had a year ago. You yeah. get Coach Scoggin to come in. And what, what do you think is the thing that's perhaps changed the most? I know, obviously, there's a lot of things, I'm sure. But something that's really stood out to you that has really changed the, the culture there for you guys. I think a lot of it has to do with our mentality because I know last year we had the athletes. This year we have the athletes. And uh, we just go into every game thinking 0-0 throughout the whole game. Just ready to play and ready to execute every single play. When we had Daxton on, Daxton on earlier in the year, Daxton Chavez, your wide receiver, um, after one of his big games this season, and you know, airline was looking poised. They were going to surprise some folks, be very competitive. But even still, I don't think many of us imagined what we've seen here. You're one win away from an unbeaten district run in one of the toughest districts in the state. Um, you mentioned those playmakers for you, Daxon being obviously one of the big ones, Trey Jackson at running back. I mean, as a quarterback, you know, you, you step back. You've got so many options out there. What can you say about those playmakers on your team? I'm just glad to have them. You know, i got Cam Jefferson, uh, Bob Patterson also, just, uh, you know, Cam on the outside, Trey. And uh, most importantly, my O-line, they, they keep me protected, able to throw the ball, take my time, and just read the whole field. And they know that I have good playmakers down the field to throw the ball to. 
Well, Coach uh, Harper has kind of been my uh, my booking guy these past couple of weeks. He's been he's been telling me which guys we should have on. Your name was number one on the list this week. And Coach, uh, what do you like about Ben's game? And if you got any questions for him, fire away. Well, uh, what I love about his game is he's uh, he's a competitor. Last year he had to play as a freshman um, and did really well uh, in you know a fairly young team. Uh, came back this year and, and he's got a you know a new coach, new system, new way of playing ball and. Um, what's been most impressive, you know, impressive for me to see is um, just how well he throws the football under pressure and you know, how well he throws the football off platform. Um, I know that uh, he's put in a ton of work. Uh, I know he's he's uh, just grown by, you know, leaps and bounds in, in one season. Um, ben, what what would you say has been the biggest learning curve going from uh, Coach Meek's offense to Coach Scoggins' offense? I think just, you know, Obviously, the play calls are different. We have different formations and stuff, and every every week we have new formations, so stuff that just you know prepares for the upcoming team, and it's it's all easy to learn. We we practice it a whole lot. Today we had a practice, we had a long practice, and uh, tomorrow we'll be back to it. It's just a lot of stuff, but we learn it and we execute and we bring it to the game. Um, one thing I noticed in terms of play calls in the Parkway game was. Man, you guys were not scared for the with, uh, scared of the deep ball. I mean, you were throwing yeah. deep passes left and right. And uh, talk to me about the the confidence Coach Scoggin has in you to just kind of let it rip down the field. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I know he has confidence in me, and just like as same as everybody else on the team, I have confidence in my players. So I know I, I, I'm taking my players in a 50-50 chance all day. Just you know, one on one, able to throw the deep ball a lot. Well, I think it worked out more than 50-50 in that game from what I saw. And I think that's what stood out to me the most about you guys. You know, I went out to the uh, to your practice in August, a little preseason camp, and talking to Coach Scoggin, talking to Dax, and they all kind of said the same thing. You know, we're going to compete. You know, we're, we're going to make opponents know that we're there, and we're going to make the community proud. But there was never talk of this unbeaten district run, winning the district championship. Um, how much confidence, or, or maybe is there a moment, was there a moment this season where maybe you felt like things were really starting to click and you guys maybe started to realize, hey, this this could be a very special season? I feel like, you know, obviously the Benton game, uh, our first win of the season, that just, it, you know, from there on, we just got going. And uh, after that, every single other game after that has just been like different mentality. You can see it in the players. You can see it in the coaches and everybody. We've just been a different team, different mindset. And, uh, you know, that's when you tell it just really clicked for us. And, Coach, from from a coach's perspective, you know, uh, when you have a team like that, that you come off a disappointing season, we don't know what the expectations are. You, you start to get hot. You start to surprise some people. How, how do you how do you keep that momentum? And, and, and maybe do, do, you, do you still lean into the underdog role, or, or how do you handle that? I think it's different with every team. Um, you know, they are they were fairly young last year, forced into playing a lot of younger guys early in the year, and so all of that paid off rolling into this year. And once you get it rolling, I think a lot of times guys are just uh, hungry for that success and excited about um, you know each and every opportunity they have to get out on the field and prove that they're good. Um, and I do think that you know you can play on that, that underdog role, but when you're hanging seventy five on people, no one's really going to say that you're an underdog. So. Um, you know, now it just becomes a matter of staying the course and staying focused and, um, you know, leaning into that, that senior leadership that kind of takes the uh, locker room and keeps everybody in check. And, you know, really good teams have good players that are leading. And so, uh, obviously, Aaron Line has got that this year. Um, what they've been able to do in, in just 
you know, their first season with Coach Goggins is remarkable. Yeah, and that's what really, again, that's what impressed me about you guys, Ben, is the confidence. You know, standing on that sideline, even even going into the third or into the third quarter against Parkway, they they come out first drive, they score, and there they are again, right at the goal line, looking to tie it, fourth and goal. You guys get the stop, and then, and then you guys pull away. Where does that confidence come from for you guys? You no, know, just really confidence in ourselves, confidence from the coaches, because I, I know. A lot of my confidence comes from Coach Coggin and uh, because I know what he's able to do. I know he's a good coach and he's been, you know, deep into the playoffs. And uh, that's another thing. I'm really proud of my defense and how confident they are. They've made some huge stops and got some, you know, defense wins games, and they've come up big this uh, whole year. Well, I tell you what, one five A always provides us with with surprises, and you guys have yeah. been the. Uh, have been the surprise, and uh, maybe not so much anymore, though, watching a couple games. I mean, it's certainly y'all are the real deal, and it's been so fun to watch. You got one game left, and then you're looking ahead to the postseason. I mean, how, how exciting is it right now to uh, be out there on that field each day? It's really exciting. Everybody's out there. We're all happy. We're all, uh, you know, but getting some good practice in, building our confidence, and just taking it day by day, ready for Southwood, and then uh, keep working towards the playoffs. Yeah, ready for Southwood, and if you do beat Southwood, it's a uh, outright district title, an unbeaten district run for the airline Vikings. So that'll be fun to watch. Coach, did you have anything else for Ben before we let him go? Cut it loose, brother. Proud of you, man. Keep it rolling. Thank you. And Ben, we ask all of our guests. We're given the opportunity. Do you have any questions for us? No, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know we're not we're not that interesting, anyways. I totally get it. Ben Taylor, you're the man. We are so excited for you guys. We have had so much fun following the Airline Vikings, and we're look, looking forward to a long playoff run as well. Ben Taylor, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you. All right, guys, that was Ben Taylor, Airline quarterback, uh, one of the more surprising teams in our area. And, Coach, I, I guess we could kind of keep it there um, to talk about that game against Parkway. It was a Thursday night game. I know you guys were also playing on Thursday night. Um, it, like I said, you know, it seemed like – there was that moment in the third where it was like, uh-oh, Parkway's about to do what Parkway does. And they, fourth and goal, they, they tried the old Philly special throwing back to the quarterback. Airline gets the stop, and then Taylor and the guys pull away. Uh, I think they kind of left no doubt that they are worthy of that district, cha or district champion title. One more game against Southwood, but, you know, what did you think of that game and really just what they've done as a whole this year? Well, what they've done as a whole is is remarkable. I mean, um, they started off uh, early in the year trying to you know feel their way through the schedule and their opponents, and as soon as they jumped in district, they were ready to go. Um, and you know uh, that's that's the feeling out process with a new coach and the new scheme and all that. But um, they've they've handled it really well. Uh, the Parkway game um, wasn't really surprising. I mean, you and I talked about it last week. Um, you know. Uh, Parkway uh, in airline, you know, it's always one of those grudge matches. Um, it's, you know, talk about a rivalry that goes back a long time. Um, but when it came down to who's the hotter team right now, you know, airlines offense is rolling um, and they're playing great defense. And so they, they seem to be able to, um, you know, um, control some of the, uh, the, the explosives that Parkway is able to generate so easily with Jalen White. And, um, and, and then they were able to put points on the board. And so, um, not really surprised by the outcome uh, because that game could have gone either way. I mean, we're talking about two of the hottest teams in, in 5A. So um, glad it was a good game. Um, in, in three score different differential there was was the, probably the most surprising, surprising part for me. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, keeping the Parkway theme, uh, the old fight and feasters of Glenbrook, baby. They got it done. They downed Homer last week. They're the district champions in that in that league, and now they're eligible for the postseason. I, we, and that, we talked about Feaster and, and Glenbrook and what they do well a lot last week, but Man, you go toe-to-toe with the defending champs and you take them down. I think that deserves a little more praise this week. Oh, no question. I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, first year where they're eligible to play in the playoffs. Last year they were really good. They just couldn't, you know, compete in the playoffs. So um, I, I feel like, uh, you know, they're they're just now starting to hit their stride. And, and uh, Coach Feaster is one of the best coaches in the state. So not surprised by their success. And you know, he's done it everywhere he's gone. And I fully expect that he's going to make a deep run this year. They closed the season at home against River Oaks. They're done with their district slate, so they are the outright district champions, regardless of what goes down in the Claiborne Parish Super Bowl between Haynesville and Homer this week as well. Uh, also in 1A, I kind of, I don't know if it was a surprising outcome. St. Mary's, I mean, they have just really found their stride, and they really take it to Logansport in that district championship game down there. Yeah, that one shocked me. Um, Logan Sports, one of the better teams that we've played this year. Uh, and so, you know, everybody, everybody's going to have off nights. going to have things that don't go your way. I'm uh, going to have, you know, missed calls and, and you know, uh, missed execution and all that kind of stuff, missed opportunities. But um, I was I was genuinely surprised uh, by the outcome. I thought Logan Sport would take that game. But I'm not surprised at how well St. Mary's is playing. And, um, you know, every single week they're they're – they're making it tough on their opponents and, and they're scoring points and uh, they're very opportunistic on defense and special teams. And so uh, it's a very impressive win for them. And um, one more game to talk about from last week because it sets up a district championship game this week. And I'll put my hand up. I was there at halftime, Loyola and North Caddo. You know, Loyola's moving the ball as they in the manner that they do. You know, they're running, they're short passes. Cooper's handing it off. He's, you know, he's making all the right reads. But it seemed like every time North Caddo got the football, you know how it goes. One handoff to K.J. Black, and he's gone. You pass to Omarion Miller, he's gone. It seemed like that was going to be the, the pattern of the game. It was going to be Loyola's moving the ball, but, man, North Caddo can just hit those quick hitters, and that's it. Well, no, that's not what happened. Second half, Loyola puts the clamps down. Cooper DeFatta stays hot, and the Flyers down North Caddo to set up the district championship game with Calvary. I mean... The job that Mike Green has done with this group, uh, it's, it's just so impressive. It, it is impressive because we're, we're a uh, missed field goal away from beating them week four. Right. Uh, so, you know, that's a very, very impressive win for them. Uh, North Caddo is very good and loaded with talent and athletes and uh, arguably the best receiver in the state and a really good running back in, in KJ. So, um, you know, huge win uh, for Loyola. Um, you know, I'm not surprised by their ability to, you know, make it difficult for teams to score. Coach Green is a defensive-minded coach. Um, I'm extremely happy for uh, Cooper and the Loyola Flyers. That's a huge win. And now it sets up the Baptist and the Catholics this Oh, week. yeah. That's going to be fun. We're going to talk about that in just like two seconds. But I did want to mention one thing that I witnessed from the sidelines talking to coach, talking about Coach Green. It was just so funny. Uh, there was a play in the second quarter, handoff to KJ. He takes it the distance. It ends up coming back on a hold. But, man, Coach Green was fired up. And, and I, I can't do a Coach Green voice. It's just so unique. <laughs> but he was telling the players, you're scared. You're, you're playing like you're scared of them. Hit them. Just hit them. And he was, he was 
more animated than you normally see them. And it, and it really seemed to work. I mean, it seemed that the kids, and we talked about it all year, how much they do respect and listen to Coach Green. But man, when you see old coach get that fired up, he's wearing his throwback Loyola jacket. He's, you know, that face is getting red. <laughs> uh, man, I mean, it was uh, it was quite the moment, and um, it was really kind of things started to turn around after that. And um, man, that is just love that guy, and, and we had a great time with Cooper last week. Now you mentioned Catholics and Baptists, Calvary and Loyola, a district title. I mean, a, a matchup that we're that we're going to have so much fun with this week. But you know, it's tough. We have. How many district games of Calvary's have we hyped up like, you know, they're going to be tested this time, and they go hang 70? They do it all the time. It's been since 2012, 52 straight district games they have won. Is this the one? I can't make that prediction, Alex. I know you tried to trap me here. You know, I am a Loyola homer because that's where I started my coaching career, and I love the Flyers. Um, you know, but I, I, I really – I'm pulling for, for Calvary too because – my boy Wardell's over there slinging the rock. That's so, right. um, you know, uh, to be, you know, there, 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 there is no loser in this game when it comes to personal relationships between the kids that I know and coach and, and have grown to, uh, you know, it, you know, care about. But at the same time, uh, Loyola is is hot and they're playing really well. Uh, and if they can, um, they can make it tough for for Calvary to score. They can keep it close. Calvary's really good on defense, and so. Loyola's going to have to maximize every single drive. They're going to have to put points on the board to match um, the offensive output of Calvary. So um, it's going to be it's going to be a good game. Uh, you know, I, I you know I don't like making uh, predictions and that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, but we are going to see, I believe, two really good quarterbacks um, spinning the rock. Week ten, the Baptist versus the Catholics. Uh, it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, what else could you ask for? And you know, I'm kind of in the same pickle as you are. You know, me and Coach Green go way back. He could be one of the first coaches I ever interviewed getting into the business. And, of course, Coach Gewen and our history at Houghton, I, uh, I couldn't love either of these teams more. So um, I'm with you on that one. I don't I want to stray away from a pick here. I, 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 I'm hoping it's going to be the game that we think it's going to be. It's going to be highly competitive, and we'll decide a district champion on a Friday night, and I'm going to be shooting that game, and I cannot wait for the Catholics and the Baptists. I actually asked my news director <laughs> if I could promote it as such, and he said, well, I mean, that's what it is, isn't is it not? And I'm like, yeah. The Baptists versus the Catholics, man. It is what it is. So we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a great time. Um, really, this week, that outside of uh, that one, there's one more big one, and it's our game of the week, and it is a big one. It's North DeSoto-Northwood, another battle for the district title. Now, North DeSoto has won it one way or the other, but Northwood could kind of spoil the party and, and take a share of the district crown. Uh, man, I, this uh, North DeSoto seems unbeatable almost, but that Northwood is that hurdle that they have just not been able to get over in a long time. Uh, I think this one's going to come down to the wire. What about you? Well, uh, there's a lot of hype when it comes to this game. And, uh, you know, you got Mason Welch over there, uh, you know, ready to go. Um, and then you've got a really hot uh, North DeSoto team. And so, um, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a war. I, I, you know, I think anybody's beatable on any given day. I know Coach Coach Dunn would definitely agree with that. And uh, um, you know, Northwood is a really, really sound football team, well coached, um, and they play really good defense. And North Dakota, um, you know, is is good in all three phases of the game. It's been dominant, uh, you know, offensively and defensively. Um, so something's got to give somewhere. Um, and we do know that defense travels. Uh, and your running game travels with you too. So 
um, you know, if Northwood can run the ball and, and, and North Dakota can, um, you, you know, do some things like they've been doing offensively, there's no telling what this game looks like. I do know that Northwood will do everything they can to throw different looks at uh, Delafield and try to, you know, confuse him. And uh, this is where an experienced head coach, um, you know, like Coach Dunn comes in and, and he makes it easy for his QB. So um, I think you're going to see great, great coaching. Uh, you're going to see really good defense, special teams, and you're going to see uh, two offenses that, uh, you know, can be you know, generate explosives uh, every drive. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a good one. I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, if Northwood goes in and shocks the world because uh, there is that, you know, there is that familiarity there. And, and you know, sometimes there, there are teams that just give you a hard time. Uh, but, you know, I, I feel like North Dakota is just a team that is focused on, um, you know, the task at hand. And so, um, you know, I'm not going to pick a winner, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, if, if North Dakota, you know, rolls big in this one. Yeah, and obviously you guys as coaches, y'all have film and, and, and analytics and all the different things that you look at. And, you know, I'm just sometimes a dumb football fan and I, and I just go off of vibes, like where, what I sense at a practice or a game on the sidelines. And I'll tell you this about Northwood. And again, this is just my amateur observation. You know, it, you never want to lose a game, but it did kind of feel like that, that Huntington loss was almost good for them in a sense that there felt like there was so much pressure around that Northwood team. You've got recruiters there at every practice. You've got these four-star guys. You've got Mason senior year. He's got weapons all around him. And it almost seemed like they were able to breathe a bit after that loss to Huntington. Like, the world's not crashing down. It's not the end of the world that we lost this game. And here they are with everything out in front of them. They still got that same talent. And what all they've got to do at this point is go into a place where they have won before and beat a bitter rival. And you would ruin a bitter rival's perfect season. So I feel like Northwood's got to be feeling pretty confident with, with that respect. But as you said, North DeSoto, they haven't, there hasn't been a crack in the armor yet. Uh, whether it's running, throwing, defense, special teams, every time a photographer comes back from North DeSoto for us, they say the same, wow, that team is really good and that quarterback is incredible. You should see this running back. I'm like, yeah, I know. I see him every week. But they, um, I, I'm really excited for this game. I just, uh, vibe check, we're checking Northwood for me. But, you know, the, the brain is telling me North DeSoto is definitely uh, the team to beat. And, you know, obviously we've seen, remember Coach Ab years ago with the we owe you Northwood and all the uh, hoopla that goes around this game. I know that immediately after the games ended Friday night, uh, Coach Brown tweeted uh, something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something basically saying, it's time now. Here we go. We've been waiting on this. And um, I know the folks at North DeSoto, you know, I, Coach Dunn, he knows just as good as anybody. You got to beat your rivals. And um, this is it for the Griffins. I mean, you're talking about a perfect season on the line. Uh, they got to love their playoffs, uh, playoff setup in terms of being in the non-select. Um, man, just a, a perfect game to end the season. Absolutely. And, you know, Northwood doesn't have any pressure going into this game. They, they're not sitting there, uh, you know, uh, undefeated in, in, you know, at home, week 10, perfect season on the, on the you know, it's not one of those things that, that Northwood's having to worry about. So they get to show up uh, and play spoiler. And so sometimes that is, um, you know, that's a, a big boost for some teams. And so I don't think Northwood is looking for an edge in this game when it comes to talking points and trying to get guys motivated. Right. Uh, they're going to come prepared, motivated, ready to go. Uh, and I, I expect it to be a, a war. I know that, uh, you know, North Dakota's got everything in front of them and so does Northwood. And both of them are playing for, 
um, a lot, especially when it comes to playoffs. But, you know, North Dakota's got more to lose than uh, than Northwood does. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a an absolute war. Yeah. And, and another war to keep an eye on um, behind the scenes. Daniel Brown versus Stonewall cell phone reception part two. Oh, mm. boy, that's good. <laughs> that's a losing yeah, battle for Daniel. And here's the funny part about Daniel, and, and he's not here, so I can I can make fun of him a little bit. Um, he'll listen and we'll hear about it later. But let's do it. Um, he told me at the beginning of the year, he's like, look, man, I, I got to level with you. I just can't go to Stonewall for these games of the week. It is just so brutal. The the, the cell phone reception is so bad. I got to fly down the interstate just to send something and all this stuff. And what do you know? In uh, I think it's been four weeks. We are now sending them there for the second time. So good on me for listening to uh, <laughs> listening to Daniel. I know he really appreciates that. But no, he's uh, luckily we've maybe perhaps found a workaround. It did work well last time. There'll be a few more people in the stands for this game, so things might be a little difficult. But um, it's going to be a wild night. Uh, down there in Stonewall. You know, you look at the rest of the schedule, and we saw it last week. A lot of districts were kind of already decided last week. Obviously, mm-hmm. Benton Parkway is a game to keep an eye on because if Airline was to slip up against Southwood, then that would open the door for Benton if they can beat Parkway. I mean, we've already seen uh, 78 to 70-something, 70 71 game at Houghton with Benton. Uh, do we have another shootout in store here against Parkway? Uh I, I don't know. Um, I, I do know that Jalen White's got a messed up shoulder, and so I don't think he's 100%, but he's going to play, um, you know, uh, one of Parkway's best offensive linemen, kid that uh, is one of my son's best friends and, and close to our family, Jake Morton, um, had a, a, a knee injury, and so, um, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to play. And so, um, you know, th- those not being 100%, having to replace key pieces of your offense – can be problematic, um, but Parkway should be able to score. Um, but Parkway's got to stop Benton from scoring, and uh, and Benton is is going to exploit every matchup possible this this game. So uh, I expect the game to be very competitive. Uh, and you you talk about um, two schools that have, have really developed a rivalry. Uh, my first year um, at Parkway. Uh, we played um, Benton there in their first uh, district game in 5A and, and beat them pretty good. Uh, and then, you know, just I think a year later, I was on Benton's staff when um, when we played Parkway at Parkway and Benton beat them. Um, Parkway's won the last two, I believe. And so this one's going to be one that Reynolds and the crew uh, Benton really want. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we talk about – uh, we're getting to that point of the year next week where it becomes that age-old conversation of North versus South Louisiana. Man, if you're in that, in that uh, I guess now it's Division One non-select bracket and you're not from this part of the state, I mean, Airline, Benton, Parkway, Houghton, that is neither any of those teams. You don't really want to see them come into your stadium for a playoff game because they are going to pose a lot of problems for you. Absolutely, and they're battle-tested because district is brutal. Right. Uh, and most of those teams play really good out of district games, so out of different district opponents. So, um, yeah, you, you really don't want to run into a North Louisiana uh, 1-5-A team, um, you know, early in the playoffs. You really don't. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. And, you know, as you said, they've beat up on each other all year, and they're going to get to, get to break out of that. And who knows? I mean, with the smaller brackets, maybe we can see some rematches, and that would be fun too. But um, that's, that's, we're going to talk about that next week. I'm going to try to get a, a familiar guest on to break down those brackets with us next week. 
Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. But I did want to talk about one more game, and I mentioned it briefly earlier. But it's it's got the same uh, the same hype always every year as North DeSoto Northwood, and that's of course the Claiborne Parish Super Bowl between. Homer and Haynesville, another one of those games you just throw the records out of the window, and who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter what your record is. Those two teams have played each other so many times. Um, you know, it is going to be um, a cool environment. I, I'm not sure where it's being played. Haynesville. Um, but it's being played at Haynesville. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's that's going to be a tough game for Homer, but, you know, Homer, they, they don't want to go to Haynesville and lose, and they're the defending state champs, and so – um, it, it's and they're coming off of a district championship loss to to Glenbrook, so I fully expect that they're going to want to go and take care of business. Uh, you know, and Haynesville is going to do everything they can to uh, score points and keep them from scoring and make it tough. And uh, you know, that's that game is always a fun one to talk about, and uh, you know, a really uh, cool game for North Louisiana. Yeah, we have a um, we have a guy that used to work with us. He he lives up in Arkansas now, but um, he still shoots for us on Friday night. Um, it's his birthday, actually, so happy birthday to John out there. Um, he, he shoots a lot of our games up there on the, kind of close to the Arkansas border. And, and I'm usually sending him to two, three games a night, but I told him this week, you just go to the one and you, you focus on this one and uh, let's see how it plays out. So that'll be, uh, that'll be a lot of fun, and uh, that's always a good one. And, you know, you, you look at it from, their, from both Homer and Hainsville's perspective, Glenbrook's not – they're not worried about Glenbrook anymore. They're going to the select side. So uh, a good a – good, test for both of these teams as they get ready for a playoff run that will not include Glenbrook, and that's important to uh, to mention. Um, Coach, I think, you know, as I said, a lot, of, a lot of districts decided last week. I'm looking at the schedule now. I mean, we got some exciting games, but um, the ones we talked about are really the ones that are going to decide some things. I, I should mention, I know you don't get uh, really any chance to look over at the situations over in East Texas, but uh, a lot of games changed over in East Texas. We're going to do our best to, to bring you those games on a Thursday night. They're expecting heavy rain in that area before it gets here um, on Friday night. So um, I know the big one for us is going to be New Boston and Hooks. That's a district championship game there. Um, so we'll be out there um, the best we can on a Thursday night, and we'll try to do another mini edition of uh, Friday Football Fever on a Thursday. Um, I should also clean something up. Thank you for the uh, wide receiver gloves for the uh, for my costume last Friday night. I made the catch, but I was a little, you know, our, our weather guy, Skip, he was the one throwing the ball to me. And I told him, I was like, look, Skip, I got these gloves on. Rifle it in there. I'm going to make the catch, right? And we practiced, and I caught it. And then when we got to the show, he chickened out a little bit, and he lobbed it into me. So I was a little disappointed in that. I was ready to impress <laughs> our viewers with the hands, Coach. Man, come on. You can't be making excuses like that. That's terrible. <laughs> I mean, I still caught it. It was just the, it was just the lob. So I put the hand out, and it kind of – I got it. But um, <laughs> the glove still came in handy. I will say, though, it was a little uh, – they're, they're just – tighter than I expected the wide receiver gloves I mean I guess that's the point right um trying to my earpiece came out when I took my helmet off and trying to get that dang earpiece in with those sticky I mean it was that's why I didn't play football coach I'm just not not cut out not (laughs) cut out for that kind of stuff man um all right I think that's all we got um go ahead and wrap this thing up like I said Thursday night we'll have another mini Friday football fever started about 10 20 the full show at uh, 10.30 on Friday night on KPXJ. Um, Coach will be at home this week, senior night against Mansfield, and we'll be all over the place Friday night as usual. Coach Harper, thanks as always for being here, and thanks for you guys at home or in the car or wherever you listen to our show. 
We certainly certainly appreciate you on the Three Fever Point After Podcast. We'll see you this Thursday and Friday night.